be perfectly fine. Fine. Okay, fine. Fine. You're listening to Everything is Fine in Southwest Washington, where we recognize that everything is not at all fine, discuss what we can do about it, and empower you to connect with your community. My interest is not a bureaucratic one where we fling about terms like, well, we're being illegal, this is an invalid order. Um, Those kinds of words um, are on paper. And what do they mean? I, I, again, worry that we're allowing a process to take over that is uh, words and not real, not a real thing. Does this further complicate the property owner if we're to uh, repeal the overlay? Does it diminish his rights in order to try to come into compliance? Uh, good morning, Chair Bowerman and Councilors. Again, for the record, Jamie Housley, Attorney for Granite. With me also is BRP's Council, Stoll Reeves and Schwabi. I believe they're online. To directly answer Questioner uh, Councilor Medvigi's question, does uh, the repeal of this diminish our rights? Yes, it does. My name is Patrick Mullaney. I'm an attorney at the Schwabi Law Firm representing the landowner, BRP, uh, who owns the mineral rights at issue here. And uh, Councilmember Barman is absolutely right. Nick Massey representing Racha Inc. I'm their corporate advocate. My name is James Essig. I'm the resource development manager and the past president for the Washington Aggregate Concrete Association. Good morning, Councilors. My name is John E. Nanny. I'm a Chalachi resident whose property is within a few hundred yards of the proposed Chalachi Bluff mine. Reviewing the preponderance of data available on the county website, it would appear this council is more concerned with making out-of-state corporations happy than ensuring the population in the surrounding areas protected. How will Granite and others protect our water, land value, and our way of life? You see, without a full SEPA, we are all running blind. We have no idea. March 22nd, 2023, the Growth Management Hearings Board issued a final decision and order overturning the county's decision of the Chalachi surface mining overlay zone change. So there we go. It got overturned. That's that's the end, right, Philip? That is absolutely the end. We're never going to hear another thing about this. <laughs> nope. The Clark County Council... Eric Temple is crying himself to sleep, we won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yet, unfortunately. <laughs> so, no, the Clark County Council, remember, they do whatever the fuck they want. Oh, yeah, they're above the law. You can't tell them what to do. You can't tell them what to do. <laughs> and this is what I mean by, like, why won't... The, like, I wish there was someone on the left that went this rogue. Like, why isn't there someone that, despite there being a bullshit old-ass law about against rent control... 
in Washington state. Why isn't there a council going, no, bitch, we just passed rent control for the people, you know? No, No. we got to play by the rules. These fucking assholes have to like... (laughs) Well, you know what? We're just going to line this guy's pockets over here. We're, we're, we don't. Okay, so now we've arrived at the Clark County Council meeting on the Chalachi SMO from June 27th of this year. So the council at this meeting was told by Christine Cook, the county lawyer, as well as or- Oliver Orgiaco, county staff, that the county would be risking state and federal funding if they voted to illegally retain the SMO. So basically the board was like, no, this is invalid. This is illegal. You need to repeal this. So this was like a process for like removing, officially removing the or- the ordinance. So they're being told, hey, you're going to risk all this funding. Yeah. Um, even pointing to a time when the county had indeed lost $10 million in funding as a result of being out this, of compliance. This, this is money. You would think they would want money. But this is money for good stuff. <laughs> this is money that doesn't go directly into Eric Temple's pocket. Yeah, this isn't like a capitalist scheme. It's like funding for like climate action and broadband, oh, no. broadband and shit like That's that. That's not yeah. what you do with money. No, no. And so they also stated that the council could be sanctioned, although that would be a rare occurrence. Sue Marshall asked specifically what funding might be at risk. What And what I just said um, was some of the funding that was on the table here would be climate change funding like for the funded state climate amendment to the gma that just passed um other funding for the county's comprehensive plan update public works funding and like i said broadband access so in the face of this very real risk the county by the end of the meeting voted to retain the surface mining overlay the illegal one that was determined to be illegal and we'll get into who vote who voted for what i was just about to ask like what's the vote breakdown yeah. I got a suspicion, but I want, you know, I want to know for yes. sure. Yes. I mean, like, you could totally guess that right now and be 100% <laughs> correct, probably. Um, but I want to get into all of the very many interesting highlights from this meeting, or lowlights, probably lowlights is what yeah. you would really call it. Um, so Karen Bowerman's absurd and ridiculous exchange with the lawyer, she asks... My interest is not a bureaucratic one where we sling about terms like we are being illegal and this is an invalid order. <laughs> Wait, is that an actual yes. quote? quote? Holy fuck. Quote. Start quote. My interest is not a bureaucratic one where we sling about terms like we are being illegal and this is an invalid order. Oh my God. Illegal is illegal. That's <laughs> I know. I mean, words have meaning, right? They actually yeah, do have meaning. Have meaning. Yeah. You can. You're adding. You're saying. You're using more words to say something very, very stupid. But Philip Karen Bowerman says that those words are on paper. Another quote. What? Those words are just on paper. What the? the uh, what does it exactly mean? What specifically is determined to be illegal? So she because asks. they're set out specifically on paper, they don't count. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. So the county lawyer reiterates that the actions were in non-compliance with the law, state law being SEPA and the GMA. Bowerman interjects and questions again what was going on that was considered illegal by Clark County. The lawyer again explains what the fuck the entire meeting is about <laughs> again and says, quote, <laughs> she literally says this, the, the lawyer, she says, <laughs> she says, quote, I don't. I don't know what more to tell you, counselor. 
That was her response because wow. she over and over was like, what Get do you that. not understand about non-compliant, illegal, yeah. not okay, invalid, got to fix this. Yeah. The one she, kid in the class who isn't listening and who you have to keep like <laughs> stopping to explain to and then they're still not listening. Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. I want better from my goddamn government officials. Is that too much to ask? Apparently, that not some, in Clark some County. Baseline intelligence. Nope. Fuck. And she's been there for three years, people. Yes. This is not her first meeting. She was like, not- we could have had Jesse James, and we got this. Yep. Yep. This is the guy we could have had. Instead, we've got the gal who doesn't know what illegal is. And just to uh, piggyback on that and harken back to, like, you know, go check these other episodes out. Karen Bowerman was essentially pay- bought and paid for by Eric Temple, so this is all related. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She, so not just. Is, yeah. God damn it. She is like fucking. She is. I, I don't know. She's until, like evil until, and stupid. Like yeah, you know how everyone's like stupid. evil genius. It's like no, no I no. think like a lot of evil people are just like really dumb. Until Eric Temple can realize his dream of a fully autonomous city or county councilor that you know just goes and does <laughs> does his will. The closest like, he has just drives in yeah. <laughs> and parks behind the desk and does his will. Yeah. Like, until that dream is realized, this is as close as he can get a fully bought and paid for stooge. So it gets worse. Uh, quoting Karen again. So is this claim there that the county took action without this EPA document in front of it means that it's invalid? The lawyer then explains what an environmental impact statement document is to a counselor, again, that has been on the council council for nearly three years. A county council that makes almost entirely land use decisions and surely, surely has had many EISs in front of her many times before (laughs) in the three years. Yes, but has she been paying attention to any of them? Exactly. Uh, Lawyer Cook follows us by saying that thankfully the EPA is not part of any of this. (laughs) It's all public. I encourage anybody to actually watch this, but uh, I hope you enjoy our breakdown too, but it's obnoxious, yeah. So then... um, That's a word too. Glenn Young, who I think eventually will be a hero in this story, he he asked a bunch of frustrating questions uh, during this meeting, basically about why setting aside the serious funding risks which I don't know why you would ask that question because um, there's no scenario where you should set aside serious funding risks. Like what, hypothetically, if there wasn't, if you weren't risking funding because the reality is that you are, so why are you even, yeah, why their decision whether or not to come into compliance even matters as they await the appeals process to play itself out. He was seemingly speaking in concern for whether or not there would be an impact on the applicant the Granite Corporation. Oh my God. Oh no. The poor Granite Corporation. Yes. In which the lawyer responds that she thinks that generally speaking, it's a good thing for councils to make an effort to be in compliance with yeah. state law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I good rule of thumb there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good common street smart. <laughs> this is funny because it's like, it's kind of like I have to do a play by play because every <laughs> sentence is ridiculous. So then at that point, Karen again jumps in to ask, quote, did staff know at this time this ruling was made in April that an EPA requirement was present? <laughs> <laughs> so again, she's like, EPA, EPA, EPA document? After being told specifically that the EPA has no 
And yeah, like I'm not saying that like the average like our listeners or like the average schmo on the street should like know because it's like no. they're they're talking about SEPA, right. EPA, I mean similar acronyms there, but right? Whatever. A- but this person should know in an yeah. if you have an environmental review in front of you and where that's coming from and why yeah. if you are this, a council member. This is their job. And she's not a she's new council not a member. New council member. No, she's been to you know, a couple three years now. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. It's absurd that after a couple, like you should be pretty damn competent at your job. Semi-versed, like you should be Semi-versed. somewhat yeah, in the universe of like, familiar yeah. with an environmental yeah. impact we, statement. We, look, we, all, we all continue to learn all the time. We all get like baseline competency for this job that you were specifically like elected to do. Yeah, this was gross incompetence. Like, even if you don't give a fuck about the environment and you are, like, the most right-wing asshole who doesn't give a shit, like, you should should at least know what the the thing you're voting against or, like, you should still know what the thing is. Yeah. But it's, like, incompetence, like, beyond incompetence, right? Yeah. Um, And this is where I I, I told you about this, Philip, that I wanted to share... um, so after Karen asks again about the EPA document, Sue Marshall has a hot mic moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sue Marshall got on the hot mic so where she, I, I went back several times, she clearly but quietly says EPA and seems to look at Gary and then they both have like incredulous <laughs> looks on their faces and they like cover their mouths like yeah. they're like oh my fucking god this fucking idiot oh my god yeah. EPA did you hear that EPA <laughs> EPA they like look at each other because like as much as Gary Medvegee is an asshole he's a he judge knows, and actually yeah. knows what the fuck is going yeah. on yeah. <laughs> and Sue Marshall as well yeah. you know yeah again Baseline competency for both. And Sue Marshall just got, like, she just got elected to the council. She has not been there for that long. Yeah, I mean, um, she's got a lot of, she had she's a lot got, of experience yeah, prior, she's got, that's but, what yeah. I'm saying. She's got a lot of experience in things that make her qualified for the exactly. position she is currently in. So she exactly. doesn't need an extensive time to figure shit out. Whereupon, you know, you still haven't figured shit out after that, you know, time has elapsed. Exactly. Like, and that's the perfect example. Like, Medvicky, like, we hate mostly the way that he votes and everything he does, but, but he's got you a, can't say he's incompetent no. in the way that he's doing it. No, he's got a legal <laughs> He knows background. exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this You're is baseline. Our like government. Yes. You yeah, and she's the government. chair. And, and like, she's yeah, the chair. Like, she's the chair. <laughs> yes. This, this should not be something chairs good. God. Yeah. I'm hey, sorry, she knows just, how to I'm raise so... emotion, that's for sure. She does. You can uh, she, you know. She did in She raised that motion for <laughs> Yeah, for the pioneer industrial shit. Oh Anyways. my god. <laughs> so, okay, so then Medvigi then starts in with questioning, asking, you're gonna love this, Philip, asking whether requiring an environmental review process at that stage without a zone change would diminish the applicant's rights. Fuck the applicant. The rights rights of the applicant, the Granite Corporation. It's a corporation. It's not a person. Don't they have rights? Fucking sick of everyone pretending that these fucking corporations are, you know, somehow individuals unto themselves. Have you ever heard about Gary Medvigi talking about the rights of the residents along the rail line (laughs) who purchased a home at uh, as as little as we like to talk about property values, but you know, purchased a home not thinking there was going to be a 
yeah. crazy industrial park and well, I mean, like not, operation. Not, not even not even with not even property values if you're living there because the place we were at in Shalachi, the public health yeah like, she, yeah it's it's right there by the railroad and it's a lovely spot but if you start running like train after train after train after train full of rocks down that track there's going to be a massive amount of noise there's going to be a massive amount of disruption like it, it, it like never mind the property goddamn value yeah Your right that would be like the last go down. <laughs> yeah exactly i guess maybe my mind went to like maybe the thing that gary might like in the alternate the, the universe that may, might get through to that might yes exactly exactly so anyways yes uh would this diminish the applicant's rights um, and when I heard this, I felt like what he was really asking is why should the applicant even start an environmental review as required yeah, by state law it's, it's, if we weren't at least going to give him a wink and a nod that we intend to go ahead and let their proposed action ultimately happen, uh, no matter it's, the it's, findings it's, of said environmental yeah, it's review. Preordained. It's preordained. Yes. It's preordained. It is going to happen. Don't worry. You don't have a fucking say. Only things that have rights are apparently corporations and maybe property values. We're still up in the air on that one. Well, Philip, I think that Christine <laughs> Cook, the county lawyer, um, she shares your sentiments. She had to reiterate uh, during this meeting, quote, we understand the interests of the county are not necessarily the same yeah. as the interests <laughs> of the applicant. Well, no shit. <laughs> but the applicant bought and paid for a county counselor. Like, of course, the their interests are going to be the same. Just rubber stamp yeah. everything. What? Back, where, where's our back room? Why aren't we in a back room with our rubbers? You know what? That's, that's DNS, it. DNS, D- DNS, Eric- DNS. Determination of non significance. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Eric yeah. Temple's autonomous county counselor. It's just wheels in with a stamp. It goes. Yes, exactly. That's all it has to do. And you know what? For I, I know we've had some feedback about how much we swear on this program. We're not but apologizing we're for We're not it. apologizing. That's where I'm going. It's, it's, it is so warranted in cases like these. Like, the county manager is in a position where she has to be polite about it. She has to be professional about it. But sometimes this, this, this deserves rage. And I'm sorry, but rage comes with you know the expressive words that are used to i also feel like based on some conversations i've had that we're giving voice to people that have been fight in this fight a long time but have to say those nice words yeah um and they they want to be as expressive and (laughs) and they are as outrageous as we are but uh they just don't have a podcast outlet for it like we do i suppose (laughs) yeah we don't have (laughs) (laughs) so okay so uh kind of wrapping up this meeting it cuts to public comment so i'm not going to go through everything but again some of the highlights um of course the applicant the granite corporation got their say first with a paid lawyer speaking on their behalf explaining that their rights were indeed diminished as a result (laughs) of this decision oh my heart breaks they made a case about the desperate need for rock as far as the new Columbia River crossing, <laughs> a case that they should not be making in this decision. It, it doesn't matter, but uh, no. but we need rock or but there's money over here. No, that's not the decision before this legal counsel. Fuck. Yeah, they dissed on the decision making validity of the Growth Management Act board. Uh, anyways, that's enough from them. Um, so some resident comments. That I think are important. Mm. John Nanny. Oh. 
whose property is within 200 yards of the Chilachi Bluff line. He said he believed the council was more concerned with making out-of-state corporations happy than residents. <laughs> and we'll hear more from John later in the story, as oh, you know. Yeah, John kicks ass. Hell yeah. Um, and then Terry, I didn't catch his last name, but he was a Chilachi resident who had a somewhat had somewhat heart-wrenching testimony. He said the railroad would be in front of his house, and currently his front mm-hmm. window, window is full green forest. He said that four years ago, his veteran support officer told him he needed to get away for his mental health. This that he lives on two and a half acres and has landscaped for the last three years as a means of dealing with his PTSD. This is a thing. This is a legitimate thing that if you go out into the, you know, into nature, into the woods, it helps veterans with their PTSD. I know veterans who have like experienced this and are pushing to like make spaces for that to be possible. So yeah, people need their green space and their, their, their environment, their wilderness, like not, and, and, and even like veterans for sure. And to just like, I guess that's just gets crumpled up and thrown under the rights of the corporation. Yeah. It's almost like we're a part of nature. And if yeah. we destroy nature, we destroy ourselves. You and know? it's, it's just, it's frustrating. It's a disrespect like, if you have PTSD, that means you went through some shit, which you probably never should have been through. And it is so disrespectful to just not factor that in as, know. you know, the, because the, this trees, I well, don't people have, have PTSD all kinds of fucking trauma. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, it's like, even, even beyond that trauma, just general trauma, it has helped me. Being out in the woods in some really fucking dark moments. And I don't, I can't claim to have like PTSD or anything. I am just a normal fucked up person or a person who is normally fucked up. Like as average opposed to, fucked up. Yeah, yeah average like... fucked up as opposed to extremely <laughs> fucked up. And, you know, I, I think everyone to some level benefits from this. Except the corporations, of course. Fuck them. Right. And it's like They're we not have these people conversations of just like you know oh economic development we need that like this mantra economic development Mm -hmm. it's like what the fuck does that actually mean and at what cost and for and for who to make what look at the cost you rubber stamp it you keep it away from the community and you just push it through which is why like commentary from these residents are like pretty meaningful and kind of cut through that bullshit you know um so he he said that this resident, he's this vet. He said, if this all goes down, he doesn't know where he would go. He said he loves the sound of horses, chickens, cows, turkeys, and in the morning he hears the robins. Um, he also stated that he felt this operation was a money-making venture for someone else at the expense of Clark County residents. <laughs> you did, no, no, that can't be true. Yeah, seems to ring true for most of us wow. around here. Okay. Another important person, Jim Byrne. He's a Ridgefield re- resident, a 20-year fish biologist, uh, and was with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, who stated that he was very familiar with the Chalachi Bluff area. He's actually one of the board members of Friends of Clark County. He stated that were the, there were three endangered fish listed in those territories, listed spotted owls and listed salamanders, major aquifer recharge area, um, with approximately 80% of the flow in Cedar Creek coming from the two Chalachi Creek tributaries. Take note of Chalachi Creek, as we'll be talking about all that soon. Um, many residents have shallow wells. Water flows are very susceptible to mining activity. 
The area also has unstable slopes and geologically hazardous areas. If this sounds like a repeat, that's because that's exactly what some of the Growth Management Act board said too. And Jim Byrne was lamenting that this is all available and documented on the county's critical areas map in their own website. And that he had a tremendous feeling of deja vu (laughs) because he's somebody that's been probably saying the same shit to the council who doesn't listen for a long time. So a good point to make at this meeting and at most council meetings, there were multiple paid stooges. Uh, We had the lawyer for the Granite Corp., Nick Massey, who was a corporate advocate, who I wasn't even clear like who he was representing. He just like he's just like corporate. Hey, any time a corporation is in danger, yeah. he throws on the costume <laughs> and flies down to the local yeah, council meeting. Like corporate superhero, yeah. <laughs> Nick Massey, corporate advocate, presumably for some of the for whatever this shit is. A dude representing aggregate industry special interest group. Schwabby attorney Patrick (laughs) Mullaney. Sloppy. (laughs) Sloppy maternity Mullaney. (laughs) (laughs) I would apologize to that individual, but if he's like shilling for corporations. I know, yeah. Fuck fuck you, bro. Yeah, so Schwabby attorney Patrick Mullaney representing landowner BRP that owns the mineral rights at issue, the fucking Chalachi Bluff area or whatever. So on the other side, we had a handful of residents, some associated with Friends of Clark County, like I said, who have no paid board members, FYI. Um, So this is just like an example of what a typical county council meeting looks like. Bunch of stooges, Mm -hmm. about an equal or less amount of residents like saying a thing (laughs) by the way the difference there the stooges are getting paid exactly the residents have to go there on their own time after work yeah after their work they might not be available they might not even be able to show up because of the timing it's very easy like to be shut out of these things by when they choose to have the meetings so they don't get to go there on the clock they don't get to draw a paycheck from this stooges are not there out of the good of their hearts because they believe in their corporations or their, you know, the validity of their cause. They are there because their shills being paid and should be treated and should not be- as such. Yes, they're and treat taken with a grain of salt. Not just a grain. Another interesting, like, kind of dichotomy that happened within this council meeting that I noticed that was just like funny, notable, and just like an example of like you know, the chumminess between the council and those people compared to like the residents. So yeah. yeah. So basically Teresa Hardy, who is a resident obviously, but she's associated with friends of Clark County. um, She made a statement, but she like came up, basically there was like an issue with the, um, with like the remote testimony thing. Mm -hmm. And she somehow was helping with that or alerted the County to that or the, whoever the staff to that um and she was like thanking them for like fixing it or whatever so it took about a minute for her to just like explain and thank or whatever it was totally unrelated to her testimony that she was going to give on the subject matter and then so she finishes and then she goes is that part of my time and they go yep so and so she had two minutes left so yeah i was just about (laughs) to say so clark uh the county meetings do the same thing the city meetings do you have three minutes to speak yes um in total. So anyways, but, but if, you're, if that standard applies to everybody in the but room. But it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it did not in this meeting. 
well, I wonder who would have, like, go on. So, yes. Yeah, so one of the paid stooges, the Schwabby lawyer guy. Okay, that's who it was. The Schwabby lawyer guy, he went well past his speaking time to the point that Kathleen Otto, the county manager who is not in charge of telling people, it's Karen Bowerman who's in charge of stopping people oh, at their speaking times. Yes. Is it she now? just let him proselytize. Just go oh, on, go on. Oh, preach the word. In yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just let it, let him, uh, let him go on. Kathleen Otto had to interject and be Jesus like, uh, a counselor. Um, what a shit show. Yeah. And then, and I, I don't think I told anyone about this one, Philip. So, so yeah, anyways, Otto gets Karen to finally stop him. She's like, this is clearly well past his time. Um, Mary, G- Gary Medvicky had his own hot mic moment. <laughs> <laughs> where he says, she doesn't see the clock on her computer. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then someone... <laughs> And then someone responds, she should. And I swear to God, I went back and listened a few times. For some reason, it doesn't sound to me like it's Sue Marshall and the camera isn't on them. But it's got to be. It's like him all like (laughs) they're just quietly talking shit to each other about how stupid Karen Bowerman is. This entire meeting. And it was (laughs) caught on a hot mic a couple times. Because it's just again, we go back to it is just that egregious. Yes. Yeah. Karen is not even doing a good job of like trying to appear like she's not a completely biased shill for Eric Temple's interests. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, coincidental. You just forgot to watch the clock when this guy talked. Um, And I mean, that's not to say I don't want to get off on a tangent, but not to say that like Gary isn't as ridiculous in no, meetings. I, like, again, you know, you've reached a level where Gary Medvedge is calling you. Exactly. Out for your shit. Exactly. Is like ashamed and embarrassed of you. Yeah. Kind of moving on. And we're almost to the point where they vote. So um, Gary claims that the growth management board was, quote, re- creating law. And this is kind of what he does a lot because he's like, oh, I was a judge. I was a Sonoma County judge (laughs) and therefore whatever the fuck I'm saying is gospel and don't worry. Don't fucking analyze anything for yourself because I swear to God, I'm here to think for you. Yeah. And like, it was like he was either blatantly lying or he actually hadn't read the decision. It didn't make sense. (laughs) He basically said, um, he claimed there would be two EISs. That's total bullshit. They're saying, no, you need to like start this process earlier. Um, so, yeah, and he's saying they're creating law. That's not true. They cited the statute itself, SEPA, and then they cited relevant case law that was very relevant. And I yeah. know this because I did a, my final project on this goddamn <laughs> SMO. <laughs> Sorry. Getting so, really angry random now. podcaster. <laughs> more qualified to be a county counselor than like four-fifths of your county council. <laughs> I mean, I just did the work, you know? Yeah. I just did well, my homework. He like either knew what he was doing and was like, just trust me, I'm a judge. Or he didn't pay attention to anything, was like, well, I'm just going to play my judged card. So (laughs) either way. I got the experience. (laughs) I must know what I'm talking about. Exactly, exactly. Um, And then this is a guy who like pretends he's an environmentalist too. So he goes on to say, quote, we have assiduously, assiduously protected our watersheds. 
he's he hides behind big words too wow. and says that this ruling was a a quote win for no growth and a win for more expensive growth what he then goes on to say what <laughs> hold on there's even <laughs> it gets worse i'm just gonna hit you with going to he then goes on to say this would have impacts on the cost of schools hospitals and even homelessness <laughs> because of the cost of rock what? That's a weird what? one because what? homeless, the homeless, what? by definition, don't have a roof over their no. head or a house. Okay, the cost of housing because of the cost. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> again, I yes, I, the mansions I, in Ridgefield will yeah. bring down costs for everybody. And once again, these are all things he should not be considering this proceeding. And he's been told right. by legal people, legal counsel, that Those- the cost, but the cost of rock does not matter. I, Glenn Young, uh, setting aside the risks associated with it. Oh, Gary, can you set aside <laughs> the thing you actually are supposed to be setting aside right now? Nope. Oh, I don't really usually have a lot of sympathy for lawyers, but these county lawyers need to be paid more for putting up with. Dude, like, I know. Christine Cook, shit. she looked pissed. I know she's been there for a long time. She's just like, I'm fucking done with you people. And like her job is to try to help them not get sued. And like they just do not make it fucking easy for her. They are actively fighting not being sued. Yeah, exactly. 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 They're they're doing everything they can to get sued. They're going rogue. Yeah. So Medvigie goes on to say that the uh, the GMA board exceeded their authority and that he would do everything he can to stop the risk to funds as if he has some magic touch. Sue Marshall raises the motion to remove the illegal surface mining overlay. So we're finally getting to the voting part. Oh, good. Um, Gary uh, tries I- to move on without voting. Young seconds Sue's motion. Then there's some chatter about how to do the vote. So they do a roll call. I'll let you guess this one, Philip. Oh, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a real edge of my seat thing because I really have no idea how any of the county councilors would vote on this. Uh, okay, let's let's start from most egregious and work our way. So, what is what are they voting on specifically? They're Just voting we've done a on lot of whether talking. or not to come into compliance. Oh, to obey the law, the state law. So basically, to remove the surface mining overlay ordinance that they put in place. Right. To remove it would. To remove that would be to come into compliance with state right. law because it's illegal. Right. To so they, retain they, it would be to are, remain in non-compliance. They are voting on whether or not to go into compliance. So a yes vote yes. would be go into compliance. A no vote would be we need to stay out of compliance. The vote is whether or not to retain the le- the illegal overlay. Okay, so a yes <laughs> vote. A yes vote would be stay illegal. A no vote would be let's do the legal thing yes i'm, yep. just tra- I'm trying to get yep which no, direction no, that's, this- yes. okay yes. so exactly. if we're voting to keep going and doing it grind digging in our heels and being a completely illegal shit heel um so what karen bowerman here's karen bowerman gonna vote oh i feel like she would vote to remain out of compliance mm-hmm. uh-huh okay gary medvigy i feel like gary medvigy to would vote to remain out of compliance Mm-hmm. Because he's got some, I don't know what he's got going on. Now it gets, who else is on the councils? Like, is there? Despite her, sil- her silence and often um, absence, Michelle Belcott is on the council. Michelle Belcott was the one I <laughs> forgot. I forgot. Ma- Not okay. surprisingly. Yeah, yeah, no, Michelle Belcott is just going to be a, like, she's going to vote whichever way Karen Bowerman votes. So she's going to vote to remain out of compliance. Uh. So Glenn Young, I feel <laughs> like, can a county counselor abstain from a vote? 
That would be him, huh? <laughs> that would be him. No, dude. I can't believe you said that because actually I I didn't include it because it was too much. But no, that was actually like what he was asking. He's like, I just feel like, do we have to take a vote on this? <laughs> Legit. He was like, do we have to take a vote? Because I just feel like it should play out in the courts. And why do we have to do anything? Basically, he was like, yeah. I, I yep. That was his first. He just couldn't do it. And yeah. This so is this he would have done that. This yeah. is why I'm having a hard time guessing which way he would have gone because I know he he's started to care more about the issue and learn more about the issue. But I'm going to guess that he voted to remain out of compliance. Nope, he voted no. Oh, good for him. Yep, good for and him. And he also, I yeah, he I know that he was a very receptive person when it came to the concrete batch plant stuff, and so ah, okay. I think that he I don't follow because he came after that. all that shit went down and. I do feel that he is probably going to um, remain an uh, ally. It, it, yeah, okay. That good, you know what? Good for him. I will on take this stuff. Hopefully. I will be glad <laughs> to be wrong on that because that is that is actually good. We want him to do better. Like we, we know we, he's yes. capable of better. Yes. We might like drag him over the coals on this podcast, but we do actually want him to we want the under like the the redemption story. Exactly. Of how exactly. Glenn Young started off pretty bad, but then got better. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like Democrats. It's like we just want yeah. you to do. Oh better. my God, he's the Democrat. It's like we know he? the. It's <laughs> like I know Karen. There's no world in which Karen and Bowerman and I see eye to eye. Yeah. But Glenn Young, m- maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. And that, that's where the uncertainty comes from because I could have flipped a coin. And been perfectly confident saying whatever that coin came up with as his decision. Because I was <laughs> yeah, so uncertain exactly, about that. Exactly. Yeah, you and know, unfortunately like, his vote, I mean, his, I'm not saying his vote didn't count, but it didn't sway the it decision. Didn't, no, it didn't the matter. Illegal, the illegal yeah, overlay was that's, retained. That's three to five. And yeah. that's a problem. So now we're finally at the point, <laughs> fast forward, oh my God. to late September, early October. So this month. You guys heard an intro of us at the uh, the dive bar, but just to give like a summary of why we why we were in Chalachi and what went down. Um, so Andrew and Brenda Collins had heard uh, they were residents of Chalachi. They'd heard excavating activity here and there since the spring, but they began seeing what was going on just behind their property, on which exists a tributary to Chalachi Creek, and when they eventually saw all of what was happening back there, they were floored. PVJR was building a giant road, clear cutting trees and shit with no permits, no notice. And as far as we understand it to be, uh, what they'd done was a deal with the like adjacent Mm -hmm. property owner, John Warren key to grant an easement on his property who Nathan Bruce of PVJR admitted had mentioned there was water there. Yeah. And PVJR also admitted that they had not used a culvert so they basically did all this so, yeah so um couple couple things there first of all we we were both a little confused easement is just a a term for a property owner allowing you to do a specific thing on their property yeah like they're giving you an exception you want to say i want to come on and do this they're going like, cool that's an easement so they got he got they got an easement to build this road they did not build culverts which like basically dried up the flow to these people's property yeah and it doesn't mean you don't get like need to get permits for things that you do on private property too right yeah Yeah, yeah, so yeah so and and that you know that the 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 fact that they fucked it up so badly and not putting up culverts and letting this water flow through is killing fish 
Like yes. they, they, it is trapping fish in these little puddles, which then dry up. And like the, the, the folks there are like having all these, these dead fish where it used to be like so much water flow through there. It is damaging to the waterways. And this is shit. This is a shitty fucking road they're building with no permit, with no permission. They just went and did it because they thought they could get away with it. Yes. And also on that note, because PVJR was saying that it was an old logging road. Um, and I think the Columbian article that came out um, from Sherry Field confirmed this this morning that PVJR was like, no, we just improved an old logging road. Mm-hmm. And the Collinses are like, no, that the side in front of our house, there was one off to the other side. Right. There was a so- intersection crossing that we saw Mm -hmm. to the right was an old logging road Mm -hmm. to the left was this whole new thing giant ass wide road that they created which is what we walked down to go to the meeting which we didn't end up going to because we got blocked yes um and then yeah like there's the so we we go up we walk down the railway to the this intersection of like you had the logging road on the right you had what's his name who gave the easements driveway straight ahead and then you had this big ass road going to the left which we walked down um, and encountered Nathan Bruce. Yes, Nathan Bruce, the COO of PVJR. So what we attended was a PVJR <laughs> invited <laughs> <laughs> the Army Corps of Engineers, Depart- Washington Department of Ecology. Yeah, several different like people from the Department of Ecology with different specialities. Yeah, residents um, as well to do a walkthrough to actually go on the private property right. of John Warrenke. And they had this in writing that they would be allowed onto the property. Yeah. Um, to like look it over and discuss the like what as a as a thing of like making the community more at ease with like what's going on here was my impression. Yeah, and so Initially. other people, yeah, and oh, uh, Sue, Sue Marshall, Sue Marshall the counselor, yes. um, uh, and a lot of, you know, there was a Colombian reporter, Columbian reporter. Um, and we were invited and um, by residents, and we just showed up. So there was like quite a circle of people um, that I think Nathan Bruce did not quite expect. <laughs> <laughs> so we we started at the Collins's house. We spoke. We go to the, we do the whole the whole. We end up walking to the spot mm-hmm. um, to check out the road, and here comes Nathan Bruce. So yeah, we walk down the road a little ways. We're we're, we're well into their like quote unquote private property. Yeah, which yeah. I kind of question the validity of seeing that the road itself was fucking illegal. But you know whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You don't have a permit for that. I don't really give a shit about your private property. We had to walk a ways onto their turf before Nathan Bruce and Co. like kind of took notice and came up to meet us. Yeah. And so he shook hands of many people, um, the relevant people, the people that he has to show the property, right? Um, you know, the Army Corps of Engineers and Councilor Marshall. And um, Washington Department of Ecology. Then he's like, I didn't know this was going to be a community event. Yeah. So anybody, basically, get the fuck out of here, the rest of you. Uh, Andrew Collins himself was like, well, he was the one who had it in writing that PVJR said, yes, come on the property. So 
basically he said he just wanted to meet with the Collins family and Sue Marshall because like Sue Marshall was a counselor to my memory. He didn't really extend that invite to any of the, like the uh, department of ecology folks, the army Corps of engineers, dude, they just went like as well. They should have, cause they had every fucking right to be there no matter what. He Ooh, said. I wonder if that was a surprise then to him completely. I, I feel that they like, were even there. At yeah. All. I feel like, he didn't like because he was talking about like just wanting to talk to the Collins family. Who didn't know this was a community event? Well, you know what? Most of that quote unquote community were the Department of Ecology people. So they walked down the road to have their little fucking conference, leaving us and the other media entities and you know representative from the series, well, like, people who just like were showing up without actual official. But anyway, so they go off to, and we just stood there in the fucking road looking at them because we'll be damned if we go back at that point. Like, you don't, you don't get to have your fucking open air backdoor dealings without us looking at you. Um, two yeah, seconds, we took a bunch of pictures and yeah. yeah. But literally, less than 10 seconds later, it felt like um, the homeowner, Mr. Uh, Andrew Collins, Andrew Collins one, yeah. came back. Because he called them out on a lie immediately. That lie being that this was a logging road. And he said, no, no, no. We have the evidence that it was not. And Mr. Bruce there, that little small... Bitch boy? Bitch boy, yes. I love that term. Mr. Temple's bitch boy there immediately said, okay, I rescind my invitation. He basically kicked him the fuck out. And he came back to us to tell us what had happened. But... Boy, that was that was a like, wow. And that that whole thing about it being a logging road was confirmed by the GIS map, which yeah, the Colombian the, cited the, the in the article this morning. A road, that it was it, not. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But it, even the, what's annoying about that is they're like, no, it wasn't an, a logging road. And even if it was, we are God. Therefore, like their whole their whole argument is that they're federally, which we'll get into, right. that they're federally regulated. But, but they're instance, like, but even if we were, it yeah, already would. No, like, but they were directly lying. He said, "No, I have, I have the receipts that you're lying." And then he got kicked out. And then he's like, "I rescind my, invitation. I rescind my invitation." Yeah. What a shitty little thing to like. I rescind my invitation. He's a little. He he's, learned some good moves from Mr. Temple. There. Oh God, he's a, a little, little shit bitch boy. He's gonna get and a pat you know on the what? head. Later. I was like, when the Department of Ecology folks came back. Like, I asked what was going on because my hackles were raised because we were, like, not allowed past a certain point. That says to me you want to fucking keep something under the table. And they were like, no, it's just, it's nothing really dramatic happened. It was just a power move. <laughs> and what a little, what a little small yappy dog you have to be to pull that kind of, I can look at, I look, know. At how, look at how big a tree I can piss on. Exactly. Exactly. No, that definitely. Yeah. Like, so did you know what a culvert was precisely? I did. Yes. Okay. I didn't. Cause they were like showing us. So I yeah. was like, okay, that must be the thing a culvert is. Cause they keep pointing at that thing or whatever. But so culverts are large pipes that pass water under roads to protect them from erosion or flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, most of them, I didn't know this either. Most of them do a pretty good job of, I mean, well, I learned this based on what the fuck happened with this experiment from Eric Temple. But <laughs> <laughs> most culverts do a pretty good job of passing water under the road. 
They often don't allow fish to pass. The mm. downstream end of the culvert may be too far above the water's surface for upstream migrating fish to enter. Water in the culvert may be moving too swiftly or be too shallow for fish to pass in either direction. Now, that's interesting. Debris may that, also collect. Yeah. That I did not know. I knew what a culvert was in basic concept. I didn't know that like it said impassibility for fish in some circumstances yeah so they're not known to and then so what happened here was that pvgr didn't even have culverts at first they didn't and then when they were called out on it they put culverts but that still doesn't like solve the passing fish problem and it sounds like they might have half-assed it too half half half-assed it too well yeah that's what the collins told us as well is that the um they basically put them in and then they asked the residents like the Collins is to be like, does that look right and correct to you? And they're like, I'm not we, yeah, a fucking we, we, qualified to we don't tell have you that the actual expertise. You should probably pay somebody to like make sure this is proper oh, no! fucking psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so the road happens. The. The, if we didn't already say, the Collins soon noticed a massive reduction in the flow of water to the stream and hundreds mm-hmm. of fish dying. Hundreds, by the way. When we were there a There's previous no time. There's environmental impact from that whatsoever. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, right. So, <laughs> Brenda Collins, what did she do? She said, I just pulled out another couple and yeah. she showed us yeah. little baby fish, a little coho salmon and a little rainbow trout. We'll share that on our social medias when we post this. Um, so yeah, I do believe the Collinses. They have no reason to lie. I do believe the residents that the this stream existed, that it was not a seasonal stream, that yep. it they they have photo evidence for that. Yeah. And they are Did they just ex- poison a bunch of little baby yeah. fish and there's they, no like what yeah, the fuck? Seriously. No, like they are extremely authentic people. They are extremely nice people. They are people I absolutely trust. Like they're just they're not they have no no stake in this other than like the railroad is is coming through and 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 you know Mr. Collins even said he's not out to fight anything that's not legal or anything that is legal. It's the illegality of this. Yeah, the just the brazen just wild west, the brazen fucking. I, I keep using the word gangster, and that's what this is. No, gangster. Because they're just totally. fucking, they just... We do whatever they, they, the fuck they, we they want. They do whatever the fuck they want. They're above the... They're even above the council. And it, just another reminder, so we're talking about the the coho salmon, the rainbow trout, the hundreds of dead fish. Remember that when we were just talking about the Chalachi SMO, this is the same area. This is the whole thing. So um, remember what... 28-year fish biologist Jim Byrne said about this area, of which he's very familiar, that there are three endangered species of fish. And, you know, there's other endangered species in this area, of course, that would be potentially affected by this activity. Okay, so anyways, the, the neighbors got together, including John Nanny, and started collecting info and reaching out to government agencies and the county about the situation. So we're kind of like, we we just kind of fast-forwarded to... When we were there at the point of some of those government agencies showed up and a lot of people, but this was like, you know, uh, now we're kind of rewinding to immediately after like the residents being like, hey, and kind of raising the alarm, right? And this is, (laughs) 
This is where we learn that these calm waters we thought we were experiencing once the county and temple signed the new lease <laughs> were in fact never calm. And that the notoriously belligerent and boisterous Mr. Temple had been throwing his weight around behind the scenes for months and plotting just as he always has. Thank you.